How are y'all tonight? I'm so glad to be here with you. I was telling Debbie, I have, I'm in seminary still. It's my fifth and last year. And so, um, but this semester and probably next semester, I have school on Thursday night, so I can't be here as much as I want. And this is my favorite service, so I'm grateful that I could be here tonight and that Caesar asked me to fill in for him. So thanks for letting me be here. Um, tonight, we're sort of starting over. You guys had a big celebration last week of celebrating, how many is it, six years? Six years of Celebrate Recovery. That's so cool. I love it. Yeah, that's worth applause. People are wanting to applaud again. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I remember when we started, and it was a scary thing, kind of not knowing, you know, where would this go, and would people want to come, and did they need it, and yes, 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 and yes to all of it, right? We need it. I love, I love the service. It is one of the most healing um, services for me. I love to come. So tonight we're sort of starting back over. Um, we're we're going to begin with principle one. And I love it. I love that we kind of repeat this year after year because, man, do we need to repeat these things in our life. Can you fall back um, into old habits and old ways, and, and they're such great reminders. So tonight, with principle one, we admit that we are powerless to control our tendency to do the wrong thing, and that our lives have become unmanageable and out of control. So before we begin, whether this is your first step on this journey, maybe you're brand new tonight or pretty new to coming, or maybe you've been on this road for a while, we need to ask ourselves two questions about this. Am I going to let my past failures prevent me from taking this journey? Think about it. Am I going to let my past failures stop me from moving forward? And the second question is, am I afraid to change? What am I fearing in the future? So let's look at Hebrews 12.1. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. There are two things I want to point out in this verse. First, God has a path, a race, if you will, set out for each of us. Now, this race is not going to be easy always. Paul tells us, in fact, that we need perseverance for this race. But it is a race that we're assured to win. The second thing is that we need to be willing to get rid of, as it it says in the scripture, every weight and sin. We have to let go of the unnecessary baggage and the past failures that keep us stuck. Again, this is a race set out for us to win. Yes, you, me, us, we can win at this race against our dependencies, our addictions, our obsessions, our whatever it is that we have holding us back. For many of us, It's our past hurts or hang-ups or habits that hold us back and trip us up. Many of us get stuck in bitterness or unforgiveness at what someone has done to us. Have you ever been in that place? I know I have. We continue to hold on to that hurt, and we refuse to forgive the ones who've hurt us. For many of you have been hurt deeply. I've been hurt in my life, and many of you have been hurt much more deeply than me. Many of you have have survived, literally, you've survived some really tragic stuff in your life. Maybe it was um, somebody who hurt you, somebody's, 
Maybe it was a situation that you grew up in. Whatever it is, a lot of you carry around a lot of deep pain. And that doesn't go away easily. And I want you to know that while everybody in this room hasn't experienced the same thing, all of us have experienced pain. And we're here to get through it together. We can feel that pain together and with each other. We can help each other get through it. The deal is, though, if you cling to that pain, it can be, it can continue to hurt you today. It can continue to cause you more and more pain in the present. Think about it. You may be far removed from a person or a situation that hurt you, but as long as you're holding on to that, that bitterness, that unforgiveness, it continues you to cause you more pain each and every day. Now, working um, a Christ-centered program like Celebrate Recovery will, with God's power and a lot of support around you, allow you to find the courage and strength to forgive and let go of bitterness and let go of the past. Again, though, I remind you this race is about perseverance, so don't expect this to happen overnight. Or, if you're on the flip side, don't feel anxious thinking, I've got to start forgiving these people right now, because we know that takes time. We just want you to start on that path. I want you to start on that path, and I want you to want to start on that path. So if you're not there yet, it's okay. This is a road to recovery, and God will help you find the the willingness to forgive, to move on, to get past it. And then there's a freedom that comes with that. We'll talk about in a little bit more in a minute. For some of you, forgiveness isn't the obstacle. For some of you, like me, this is my bigger problem, is guilt. You keep beating yourself up over some past failure or failures or mistakes that you made. You're trapped, stuck in your guilt. As much as people tell you you're forgiven, God forgives you, I forgive you, you can't forgive yourself. You think that no one anywhere is as bad as you are. You think that if everybody really knew what you did, they really wouldn't like you very much, would they? You really believe that you can't be forgiven and you don't forgive yourselves. Well, brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you you're wrong. God can and does forgive you, and he does it swiftly. Not a big drawn-out thing like it takes us to forgive ourselves, but in one fell swoop, done. That's why Jesus went to the cross for our sins. God knows everything you've done, you've ever done, and everything you've ever experienced. God knows your pain. God knows your joy. God knows your successes and your failures. God knows your heart. And while that may be a little scary to some of us, in reality, it's freeing. As Pastor Mike used to say, I like to remember that God is God and I am not, and there is freedom in that. So knowing that God knows all this about me and loves me, Despite all of that, though hard to believe, I cling to that thought every day. And you are surrounded tonight, not only by the grace of God, but by others who have faced similar failures, hurts, and pains, and have, have struggled to accept Christ's forgiveness just like you. They're here to encourage you and support you and love you just the way you are. Isn't that a blessing? The Apostle Paul had a lot to regret about his past. He was one of the worst Christian persecutors up until his encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. 
Yet in Philipp, uh, Philippians 3.13, he tells us, No, dear brothers and sisters, I am still not at all I should be, but I am bringing all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking toward, forward to what lies ahead. Even Paul had to shed his guilt, and he probably had a lot of guilt. I mean, there was killing involved in the persecution that he was involved in. He had a horrific past, but he did accept that forgiveness, and he kept pushing forward, forgetting the past, moving on, to become one of the, the most prolific writer of the New Testament and arguably one of the greatest apostles of the few that were apostles. Here's the bottom line. If you want to be free, truly free from your past hurts, hang-ups, and habits, you need to deal with your past bitterness and or your guilt once and for all. You need to do as Isaiah 43:18 tells us, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. Now, that doesn't mean ignore the past. You need to learn from it. If, if, you know, if we keep doing the same mistakes over and over, well, the past isn't serving us well. But if you can learn from your past, offer forgiveness, make amends, and then release it, you can find freedom. Only then can you be free from guilt, grudges, and grief. And let's face it, we've all stumbled over hurts and hang-ups and habits, but the race isn't over. Remember, perseverance is required. God isn't interested in how we started. God is interested in how we run this race and how we finish. So if you've been stuck in an unhealthy pattern for a while, perhaps it's not the past that's so much your problem, but the future. Maybe change, even good change. Even taking these steps of being here tonight is a little bit scary, maybe a lot scary. We all worry about things that we do not have control over and don't have the power to change ourselves, right? Let me tell you what God says to us in Hebrews 13. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I love those words, and I repeat them to people and to myself often. I will never leave you or forsake you. It goes on, so we can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. Who can anyone, what can anyone do to me? Another uh, translation says, what can mere mortals do to me? God is with us and won't leave us. Now, you may have been in, in um, your hurt or hang up or habit for so long that it has become your identity right? It's become what defines you. It's who you are, so you think. And you're thinking, what will happen if I really give recovery a chance, if I really keep going on this path? Will I be able to change? Will I be able to overcome this? And then who will I be? You may have been abusing alcohol, drugs, food, or anything else for so long that you're afraid of what it looks like. For you to be without that. You just don't know who you are. So you may have been um, in a dysfunctional relationship for so long that you don't know what it looks like to be without that other person, even though it's such a mess, right? There's a lot of fear in that. But here's the deal, people. We can't stay frozen. God doesn't want us to stay frozen in an unhealthy or bad situation. You have to do your part in becoming unhealthy, but then God's right there with you won't leave you, won't forsake you. Change is hard. 
even if our past um, was extremely painful, we may still resist moving forward because of our fear of the unknown or because of our despair. We just close our minds and think we don't deserve any better than this. As you work the principles and steps, remember 1 John 4.18. Where God's love is, there is no fear because God's perfect love drives out fear. Now, I could do a whole sermon on this, but I'll tell you that in my experience, fear is at the root of so much that goes on in our lives. And love is the cure for fear. It truly is. If you want to know more about that, we'll have a theological discussion about it later. Um, So I look out in this room and I think, none of you are here by mistake tonight. It's not a mistake that you're here. This room is full of changed lives. It's full of people still trying to change their lives. It's full of people at the beginning of their journey and well on their way for many years. It's my prayer for each of you that you will not let your past failures or your fear of the future stop you from giving this Celebrate Recovery a real try. Are you wearing a mask of denial tonight, perhaps, not living up and owning this fear or this guilt or this unforgiveness? Before you can make any progress in your recovery, you need to face your denial. And as soon as we remove our mask of denial, when we begin to see in front of us clearly, your recovery can begin or begin again. It doesn't matter if you're new in recovery or if you've been in it for a while, work in the steps. Denial can rear its ugly head and return at any time. You may even trade addictions and get into new unhealthy ways of trading of a new addiction. So this lesson's for all of us. There's a saying around here, apparently, and I've heard it many times, denial isn't just a river in Egypt. See, there's my joke. (laughs) We're talking about denial, and it ain't just a river in Egypt. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. So let's talk about denial. What is that? Well, it's defined in the dictionary as a false system of beliefs that are not based on reality. A self-protecting behavior that keeps us from honestly facing the truth. Let me tell you, I have a a background in psychology and child development, and the brain is an amazing, amazing thing. We we have no idea, really, the capacity of our brain and the things that it can do. Denial, along with other things, are literally a defense mechanism meant to defend your psyche, defend your emotions, defend your soul. It can serve a great purpose in extreme situations in the beginning of any painful time. But there comes a time when denial and any other defense mechanism becomes healthy, unhealthy when you get stuck there. Denial starts out as a coping skill we learn at a very early age. Our brains simply just do the work for us. They put us in denial so we don't have to deal with whatever trauma or pain or suffering is coming at us. These coping skills come in handy when we didn't, don't get the intention we want or when we needed to block out pain. And for a time, these coping systems work. Denial was effective for us. It still is in your life. Anytime you go through any traumatic instance, grief, uh, somebody dies that you're really close to, denial is the first reaction. Whether you recognize it or not, there's a piece of you that wants to deny that that terrible thing actually happened. But as the years progress, if you stay in denial, if you stay in these defense mechanisms, your view of reality becomes cloudy, confused. 
So our perception of ourselves and our expectations of those around us also get confused. And if we remain bogged down in these unhealthy methods of coping, our perceptions of reality become more unrealistic and distorted. Denial literally blocks your view of reality. It's like seeing through foggy glasses or sometimes not even seeing at all. Have you ever denied um, that your family had a problem, right? Did you ever deny that your parents um, had a problem when you were growing up? Have you ever denied that, the, that you weren't, um, you know, in this bad situation, try to make like, act like everything was okay, even to yourself? For some of us, that denial then turns into shame and guilt. Denial becomes this elephant sitting in the middle of the living room. No one in the family talks about it or acknowledges it in any way. And um, it's hard to overcome. Think about these comments. Do any of these sound familiar to you? Many of them sound familiar in my family. This was a big one in mine. Uh, Can we stop talking about it? That only makes it worse to talk about it. Let's just, you know, ignore it. We were the... We were the kings and queens of ignoring it in my house. If we don't talk about it, it will go away. Or, honey, let's pretend that really didn't happen. Or, if I tell her it hurts me when she says that, I'm afraid she will leave me. Hmm. Or, he really doesn't drink that much. Hmm. It really doesn't hurt when he does that. I'm fine. Or, I don't have a problem. Or, I eat because you make me so mad. If you didn't nag me all the time, I wouldn't. Yeah, we've all heard heard those statements. We're familiar with what denial looks like. So we can take um, the first step of recovery. We must first face and admit our denial. As Jeremiah 6.14 tells us, you can't heal a wound by saying it's not there. Let's look at tonight's uh, acrostic for denial. Love these. So, is it up? Yeah, up there. So the D in denial stands for disables our feelings, hiding our feelings. Living in denial literally sort of freezes your emotions and binds you. You sort of become numb. You don't feel anything with respect to what's going on because you don't see it clearly, right? Understanding and, f- and feeling our feelings is where we find freedom, though. When you begin to become aware that you, it's okay to have this feeling, and you should, in fact, have a feeling with regards to this, there's freedom. S- uh, Peter, too, tells us the promise, they promise them freedom while they themselves are slaves of destructive habits. For a man is a slave of anything that has conquered him. Freedom is not about being able to do anything, right? Sometimes we think about freedom like that, like, well, if I'm free, you know, when you're a teenager and you start to drive and, oh, the freedom, I can do anything I want, right? Freedom is really less about that and more about having the power over your own self to make the right choices. So think about that. Instead of being chained and burdened by things that you can't control, these decisions that you feel like are made for you because of a situation you're in, because of an addiction, because of whatever it is, that's not freedom. But when you have the freedom and you can choose, you can make decisions for your own health, for your own self, for your own safety and sanity, that's real freedom. So the next letter in denial is E, which stands for energy lost. 
The major side effect of denial is anxiety, which causes us to waste a huge amount of time and effort and energy dealing with past hurts and failures and keeping us fearing the future like we talked about earlier. As you go through this program, you'll learn that it is not it is only in the present that positive change can occur. You literally can't do anything about what's already happened. You literally can't do anything about what will happen tomorrow. But you can do something about what's happening right now. The freedom to choose. Worrying about the past and dreading the future makes us unable to live and enjoy God's plans for us in the present. We let our fears and our worries paralyze us. The only lasting way we can be free is by giving them to God. If you will transfer the energy required to maintaining that denial to falling in love with God, a healthy love for others and yourself will occur. How do you fall in love with God, you ask? Well, you come to celebrate recovery. You read some Bible scripture. You pray. You say, I want to fall more in love with you, God. And as that love grows, you will, you will begin to love yourself and others more. That's how God's work. That's how the economy of God works. The more you love God, the more you love others and yourself. So in, the in and denial negates growth. We are as sick as our secrets. And again, we cannot grow in recovery until we are ready to step out of our denial and into the truth. God is waiting to take your hand and bring you out. There's a lot of people here that will help you on that journey. The Bible says they cried to the Lord in their troubles and he rescued them. He led them from the darkness and shadow of death and snapped their change. That's from Psalm 107. As you travel the road of recovery, you will come to understand that God never wastes a hurt. God will never waste your darkness or your pain. Now hear me clearly. God doesn't cause this pain and suffering. God doesn't do that. God is a good God. I believe that with my, every fiber of my being. But God will use any mess you've gotten yourself into, any bad thing that's happened to you, any suffering, any pain, any joy, anything. God can use it all for your good and for God's purposes. All you have to do is say, open it up and say, use it, God. I'm following you, God. Use this mess of my life, of my pain, of my past, of whatever it is. Use it, God. I'm here for you. God wants to use whatever messiness, whatever pain and suffering you've had to tell a bigger story than you. Now, he's going to tell a story with you. And you're going to be in that race. Remember, that race, it takes some perseverance, but you will win at the end. But God will use that story to tell a bigger story. Denial also isolates us from God. Adam and Eve are a great example of how secrets and denial separate us from true fellowship with God. You know the story. After they sinned, their secret separated them from God. Genesis 3-7 tells us that Adam and Eve hid from God because they felt naked and ashamed. Until that time, they were in beautiful relationship with God. They didn't know their nakedness. They felt no shame, no guilt. And after they committed that sin, that's when that, that came in. And of course, Adam tried to rationalize, as any person would. He said to God, the woman you put me here with. So he's trying to blame God. And then he says, she gave me the fruit to eat. So then he blames the woman, right? 
Eh, it's typical. It's what, it's what they do. It's what we do. You know, we try to blame somebody else. But remember, it was Adam and Eve that made those decisions. And God's light shines through the truth. Denial keeps us in the dark. God's light shines through the truth. Our denial not only isolates us from God, but it alienates us from our relationships. Denial tells us uh, we are getting away with it. Have you ever been there? You think, no one knows. They don't know what I'm doing. I'm keeping this a secret. We don't dare reveal our true selves to others for fear they will think or say, uh, or what they would think or say if they knew the, the real us, right? We have to protect ourselves and our secrets at all costs. So we isolate ourselves and we become more and more isolated. We try to minimize the risk of exposure and find somebody finding out the truth. And eventually, we don't have any relationships to speak of, right? Except for the unhealthy kind. What's the answer to that? Well, being here is part of it. Being brave, showing up, sharing with just one person the real you. Maybe just a little piece of you at the beginning. But beginning to share some truth about you that feels scary to share. Share that with one person. It's okay to be broken, to have sin, to be a complete mess. That's the good news, people. God loves us despite all of it and wants to use our story to tell a greater story. And it's always better to tell the ugly truth than a beautiful lie. Finally, denial lengthens the pain. We have the false belief that denial protects us from our pain, but in reality, it just prolongs it. It just it allows that pain to fester and grow and turn into shame and guilt. It extends your hurt. It causes more hurt. It multiplies your problems. Truth, on the other hand, like surgery, hurts pretty bad at the beginning, but it also cures, and it will set you free. So tonight, I encourage you to step out of your denial. Walk, walking out of your denial is not easy. Taking off that mask, that cloudy glasses that you have on is hard. Everything about you will shout, don't do it, it's not safe. But I'm telling you, it is. It is in this place. I can't speak for out there in the world, but I can speak for this place right here. It's safe. That's why we're here. It's safe for you to be you, to tell the truth of your life. It's safe to celebrate recovery. You have a God that loves you no matter what, and he knows all of it. And you're surrounded by people who are on this journey with you. They'll stand beside you as that truth becomes a new way of life for you. Jesus tells us, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen and amen. Step out of your denial so you can step into Jesus' unconditional love and grace and begin your healing journey of recovery. Will you pray with me? Holy God, I thank you that you are a God of grace, that you are a good God, Lord, that you are with us and for us, that you will never leave us. Lord, all of those things allow us to begin to reveal the truth of our lives, and we ask that you would help each one of us do that tonight, that you would help us continue to step into that light, take off the mask of denial, Lord, guide us, Guide us in this process. Show us, Lord, through other people, through your spirit, Lord, that you love us and that you're with us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.